Mike, how are you feeling, bud? Oh, I'm feeling fine, obviously. You how sound are you? stellar. Yeah, man. <laughs> my this goodness. is my I'm trying out a new podcast voice. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, it's it's all an affectation, is right? Is this good? Is this a good one? It it, it I don't know if I would stick with it, but you could give it a shot from, for this episode for sure. <laughs> from Relay FM. <laughs> this is analog. Oh my goodness. A little nasally, my friend? Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I've got like some kind of cold or something. I've taken a COVID test. Get off my case, everyone. Jeez. Hey, well, did you one. test? Have you taken a test? How many I've taken, taken a test and it was fine. <laughs> I'll take another one. Just geez, stop asking me. Nobody's asked me this. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I don't know, man. I, I'm just feeling rough. I, I think that, so at the moment we're having our first part of the house renovation is undergoing. It's been going on for like three and a half weeks right now, which is the oh, bathroom. So this was the first thing we wanted to do on a larger scale. Then once the bar- we're, we're basically, uh, we have like a main bathroom that has, you know, everything you need, like toilet, sink, shower, bath, right? They're separate. Mm-hmm. Shower in the bath, like that's the main bathroom. And then we have, I think what a lot of people call like a half bath, right? Downstairs, mm-hmm. which is just a toilet and a sink. Mm-hmm. Um, and the main bathroom by the previous owners was done very poorly. There's just like a selection of problems with the bathroom. <laughs> we all, when we were buying the house, we knew that we would want to redo it because it just wasn't laid out the way that we would like. But then when we owned the house, we realized it just didn't function correctly. Uh, like the issues, it was just badly done. Um, and we found out later on that like, like from talking to neighbors that yeah, it was poorly done, like the the previous owners. And this is I'm not blaming them. They'd run out of money from their renovation, and so they had to kind of get it done a bit cheaply. Yikes. Um, so you know these things. Like, that's just life, right? Like I, I I don't hold anything against anybody. It's just is what it is. Um, and so we wanted to. We always knew we'd need to get the bathroom done. Uh, and then when we moved in, it was like, all right, we have to. And because we wanted to really like redo the whole thing, not just decorate it. We've mm-hmm. held off any decoration until the bathroom was done because it was, you know, if you're going to go to those levels, it's probably going to cause damage or potential <laughs> adjustments to surrounding rooms, you know, like you never know, right? We didn't mm-hmm. know if they were going to find that there'd been leaks in the bathroom. And so like then mm-hmm. we'd have to, mm-hmm. you know, and there had been, but luckily in none of the places that were a problem, like the 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 the, the plumber, the fitter at the moment, was, when he took it out, he said, you guys are so lucky. It's like these leaks completely missed the floor joists. Like it's like, I don't oh, even know goodness. how this is possible, but it's like they 100% missed the joists. <laughs> yes. That's excellent. We haven't had to have anything big change. It's just the bathroom's being done. But, you know, mm. like all of these things, they were like, it's going to maybe two, three weeks. We'll probably be about four and a half weeks. Um, yep. But, you know, that's just how these things go. And really, it's like we want things done really nicely, like like particularly, right? Like I want it done. <laughs> like we're spending a, like a, a lot of money on this because of the way we want it done. And I want things done just right. And the guy's doing a fantastic job. Um, but that means if, you know, if we want it done just right, got to wait until it's done so we're waiting yeah 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 um and we're happy with how it's going and luckily there are showers at the studio so like the where the studio is is in one of these like large buildings and there are some people that rent like me there are some people i actually don't think anyone co-works here but i think it's possible to but I, i think everybody just rents but they have like showers here they're like gym showers that they're individual mm, private mm. showers but you know they're like the quality of a gym shower so that's working for me. You know, I'm here every day. Dina's coming by. 
when the guy's done it at the end of the day and you know we're just we're making it work we also spent a couple of weekends uh doing some london staycations we've been saving up ah, some nice. vouchers and things to do or whatever and did those for the first two weeks to kind of break it up a bit um so that was nice uh but all it is to say is i'm waking up early like much earlier than normal maybe like some days, like 90 minutes to two hours earlier than normal, but I'm not really going to sleep much earlier because it's just because of how my life is, right? So yeah. I'm, I'm losing sleep at the moment, so I'm pretty tired. And I think that the loss of sleep, the, the general sleep deprivation that I've been in the last couple of weeks has maybe lowered my immune system. And so, you know, it, this is no, not scientifically based at all. I am not a doctor, I am not a scientist, et cetera. But I will say that if I go through a stretch of poor sleep, the same thing happens to me. Like yeah. bugs that that wouldn't maybe uh, cause much of a problem to my body, you know, like colds and sinus problems and things like that. If I have gone through a, a long stretch of not sleeping, basically any germ anywhere near my body, my body's like, hey, man, come on in. It's yeah. nice in here. Nice and warm and wet. You'll love it. Yeah, exactly. You know, so so I, I totally understand. I'm sorry to hear that. But are you n near the end of the renovation at this point? Question mark. Today, they, the project manager told us it's most likely looking at the middle of next week. Okay, that's not terrible. I mean, easy for me to say. But, you know, it's like with anything, as they have started on it, it's like, oh, well, we've discovered this thing and that put it mm -hmm. back. You know, like, so it's like, do you want us, or like, they're like, hey, you have an option here. What would you like us to do? And we're like, oh, no, can you do this? Like, okay, it's going to add a little bit more time. So fine you know and so it's just this is just the amount of time that it's taking but we're willing to put that time in because then when it's done it's going to be like this perfect little bathroom that we have we'll be happy with it it's funny you bring up all these estimates and stuff it is not apples to apples but uh when i had a real real person's job uh, particularly not my very last job but the one is preceding it you know i was doing consulting and so that you know and we've talked about this in the past but not for years but i would be part of a team and the team would you know go to a client and the client would say okay we need you to build this and the team of myself and my coworkers would build the thing and of course completely justifiably the client would say well how much time do you need and you know this is where things like you know agile comes in and we're not going to talk about that but suffice to say you know you have to figure out some way to come up with some sort mm -hmm. of an estimate and after just a couple of years of being a professional I realized that even in my own estimates that whatever number I come up with, let's say it's three weeks, just double it Yeah. because no matter how much I think I've got this nailed, yeah. no matter what something happens and it's always two X what I think it is. So that's what I would legitimately do is I would come up with the estimate as I thought. And then before I went to the client, I would just two X, whatever I said. So three weeks becomes six, six weeks becomes 12. And honestly, I was I was decent at estimating because of that multiplier. Like, so I don't know. Am I am I a good estimator? Who knows? But I could fake my way to a good estimate, and it's the same thing with contracting. You know, we went through it when we did the porch. Yep. You know, you just two x whatever they tell you, and hopefully that'll be close. I don't know if he's ever said this on the show, but Gray said this thing to me a bunch of times. I think he got it from somewhere else, but I I like I like it. I think it's fun. Um, he says that in any construction project, at any point, it is equally likely or maybe you know it's different to that but like it's incredibly likely mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that it's going to take however long it's already taken <laughs> yeah. so if it's you know if you're like three weeks if you've been working on something for three years and you're three weeks away from completion it is still very likely that it will take another three years <laughs> you know yeah and, yep, and yep, i yep. really like that idea of like 
you are just as likely to continue for as long as it's taken as you are to be on the actual uh, thing. And I've learned this through product design, you know, like, yeah, same oh, thing, we're going to be done in like two weeks. This thing will be on sale nine months later. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I've learned this kind of stuff. I've learned, I think the last few years for me, probably since the beginning of 2020, really, if like it's taught me a bit more patience in my life and to kind of be able to let things go a little bit. Uh, just because I've had just like a bunch of things in my life that have taken time. I'm not perfect, especially with like the house buying process. I was really not perfect, but I've gone through <laughs> enough of these things that I have had to learn a little bit more of just like, it's going to take what time it's going to take and it'll be done when it's done, you know? So it'll that's kind of where we are with this. But we've been very happy with the quality of the, these people's work. Like they are a bathroom company, like that's what they do. But mm -hmm. I think we're going to hire them now to renovate the whole home, like to do all the painting oh, nice. and plastering and stuff. Um, like we just asked them, like, will you, would you be interested? And they're like, yeah, we've done it before. Like, so we'd, we'd be happy to do it. Mm -hmm. And it's good because, you know, we have some like logistical challenges to getting supplies to the house. And it's like, it's very possible, but it's, we don't have like direct road access. And so... Mm. It's just easy, in a way, to work with a group of people that are already familiar with the logistical challenges that we don't have to explain them to someone else again. But let alone the fact that these this like group of people are actually doing just like a really good job. So, I think we're gonna we're looking at like getting a quote from them and stuff, and then we'll hire them probably to start sometime in June. They said that they would probably be able to start basically as soon as they're done, but I don't think I can handle against continuing this right now. And so let's just do like post WWDC as like a time frame to get it done. I, you know, like like everyone, but for me, like my May, like this month is is unexpectedly busy. Like it, a lot yep. of things have collided into this month, which I need to get done this month. And so uh, one of those is on member specials, by the way. One of them, this one, uh, well is coming done. out on May fourteenth. If you are a Relay FM member, you can go to relay.fm slash membership. If you support any show, uh, if you support on any plan, once a year, we send out a bunch of bonus content. They're usually like fun shows. Sometimes they're crossovers. Um, we typically watch a movie. Uh, over the last few years, we have watched serious racing-related movies, and we are adding to Lexicon by uh, adding Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby to that list this year that is going to be released on May 14th to Relay FM members. You can go to relay.fm slash membership to learn more about that. We've recorded it already. It's ready to go. Uh, it will be published on that date. So uh, please consider becoming a Relay FM member. Uh, you can support this show. You can support any show. You can support the whole network. It's totally up to you. Uh, and we really appreciate uh, your support. Thank you so much if you do. Mm -hmm. Um, but going back to what I was saying, like, so my, my month has been, is like going to be super wild. So I would like to try and at least get my sleeping pattern back to normal a little bit so I can get all this stuff done. And then once we're back from WWDC, I, we can then focus on having the house done and it, it, it will take time because it's the whole home. Right. But it's basically just going to be like smooth out the walls, fix some little issues we have some very light electrical work that we want done. Like, can you put a, a a light fixture here where there isn't one and like paint the whole house, wallpaper, a couple of walls, like, you know, just the standard stuff. The bathroom thing is is the part that's much more extensive, but everything else, 
should be fine. And then we've got other little things we want to do, like we want to have some wardrobes put in and stuff. So, but we're all, we're finally now like we moved in in what October on Halloween, yeah, it was right? A while ago, yeah. And we've been doing little things like fixing this thing, checking that this is okay, buying a few small items of furniture. But we've been on hold from like really turning the home into our home until now. And so my hope is that by the summer, you know, once we get to like August, maybe we'll be mm-hmm. all done. That would be great. Oh, that would be excellent. And I I know that home renovations are no fun. We haven't done anything inside the house in years since around the time Declan was born. We redid the kitchen then and we redid the um, air conditioning then. Does that, does your new house have AC? I don't no. remember. Of course it doesn't. No, okay. Well, if you're tearing up walls, now would be the time. But I know that's generally not worth it where you live. But. Yeah, no, it's not good to do that. We'll, we'll probably, well, we don't even know what the house is like in the heat. That's fair, too. Right? Like, we have no idea what it's going to be like yet. And so um, we might get a portable air conditioning unit this year. Mm-hmm. But the idea of put, who knows? Like, I could, genuinely, I could imagine maybe in five, six years' time, maybe we would have air conditioning put in the bedroom or something. Mm-hmm. Um we know a few people that have done that and it's it is a feasible thing sometimes it could be a bit ugly i actually think for us it would be possible um we would probably be able to hide some of the ducts uh, in the floor underneath the floorboards or something i think mm. might be like a feasible thing i have it go out into the loft or something no. um but i haven't even looked at that i don't know where to start but we'll probably mm. do it like i know people like carrie our uh, chief advertising officer, she has a conditioning. She had it retrofit in her home, and she's been mm. very happy with it. Um, it is def- it is a thing which is complicated here, but not impossible. It's becoming more possible. Like more companies are now available that can make it possible into what our homes were not built for this. But yeah, yeah. I don't know if uh, you and I have probably talked about this either on the show or or privately. But uh, something that's become popular here in the states is what we call a mini split. I think it has other names, but. Basically, instead of an entire house running on one air conditioning unit, you put a very, very small outside unit near... This is what Carrie has. Okay, near the exterior of like one room, and then you duct into that room. I think that's the only air conditioning like Mm -hmm. that that i've ever come across here that people can put into their homes like it's these mini splits that's definitely invasive it is invasive no question but it's considerably less invasive and so i didn't know if that was an option yeah i was on a call with curry when she was having it installed and it was it was oh noisy (laughs) it was noisy (laughs) but yeah we'll probably we'll probably do it if the house feels like it needs it um Mm. like our previous apartment kind of didn't need it like we could just get by, like there maybe be a, when we had like the horrific heat wave, you know, it was pretty rough, but we were able to deal with it because the house was always out of the sun. And mm-hmm. so just like a couple of fans on at night and we could sleep fine. Like it, it was fine. But I'm expecting that because we have a house now, we're exposed from both sides, right? Where we weren't with the apartment. So I expect mm-hmm. it's going to cause more of an issue, but we just generally don't know. We've got a lot of trees around us and I don't know how much shade that's going to cause. Yeah. Well, hopefully it won't be an issue, but, uh, mm-hmm. and, and as you've said to me, uh, many times, especially since when you got married was one of the times that it was unseasonably hot there. Um, you know, you, you said to me that, you know, we need it for like a week or two a year and it seems awfully invasive and awfully expensive to do that for a week or two a year. Yeah. But you see last year was like two and a half weeks. Yeah. I see. You see what, and, and last year was what seemed like 
a once in a lifetime kind of situation mm-hmm. but i don't think that's the case so like i just don't know what the trend is right and if the trend continues then yes we will need air conditioning i think that's the thing we'll have to contend with later on hey you know a uh, wild tangent which mm. i did not prepare you for but is a happy one uh, so I, I think I've spoken about in the past that I use day one and I think we've spoken about that I got pretty religious about it during the pandemic. And so I try to make sure I put in at least something every single day. It's not usually very much. It's like a picture and a short description or something like that, but I put in something almost every day. And the genesis of day one for me was, I, if memory serves, when Marco and Tiff and Aaron and I went to Germany and I wanted a place to like log what we were doing, but I didn't want to use like Foursquare. I didn't want to put that on like Twitter or Instagram or something. I wanted a private place to do it. And day one's pretty good at that. Well, every morning my routine is to wake up and look at, you know, this day in prior years. And uh, so I was looking through it this morning. And do you know where you were five years ago today? We were in Austin, right? We were, baby. Yeah, I had Shake Shack for lunch. We went to the arcade. He's showing me a bunch of stuff and my Widget yep, Smith yep, yep. Uh, album thing. Mm-hmm. Me Which is very, very good. We we did mini golf. We went to the arcade. We earned you, although I don't think I was particularly involved, we earned you an Incredible Hulk bank, if memory serves. Is yep. that right? That's sitting over. I can, if I wasn't in my little podcasting area, <laughs> I'd be able to see it. I have it in my studio. The, it's a money bank. Like Everyone pulled their tickets together in the arcade and got me like a... Incredible Hulk money bank. Mm-hmm. Piggy anyway, bank. It just uh, here bringing up the wedding made me think about. Oh yeah, just today I was seeing flashbacks from the uh, stag do bachelor party, whatever you want to call it. So those are fun memories. Should we talk about our first sponsor of this week's episode? Yes, please. Yeah. Right, let's thank our friends over at Squarespace for their support of this show. They are the all-in-one platform for you to build your brand and grow your business online. Squarespace has you covered. They have you covered of everything that you may possibly need to build a website for your personal brand, for your business, for your band, for an event. It doesn't matter what it is. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage directly with your audience, and sell products, services, or the content that you create. With Squarespace, it's super simple to get blogging. They have powerful blogging tools for you to share your stories, photos, videos, and updates. You can categorize these posts, share them automatically, and even schedule your posts to make your content work for you. You know, maybe you have like a whole content plan. You can set that all out, get everything uh, written in and marked in advance and just like schedule it all out whenever you're ready to go. And when you're talking about building marketing, like content plans, I should say, you can use Insights for this. Squarespace has a whole Insights platform. So if you're ever wondering where your site visitors or your sales are coming from, which social channels might be best for you, or what which websites are driving the most traffic for you, all of this can be analyzed in Squarespace. Then when you have that data, you can use it to improve your content, to improve your products, to maybe... Uh, look at your top keywords and match up things that go along with that. It's super simple with Squarespace. Even to look at SEO, they have a suite of integrated features and useful guides so you can maximize your search engine optimization to make sure that your results in your site is prominent. They really have everything. I mean, I've used Squarespace for over 15 years at this point for a variety of projects because when I want to put something online, I don't want to have to jump through a thousand hoops to do it. I can go to Squarespace. I can set up something that looks professional. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to look how I want, be organized the way that I want. And it's very easy for me to just get started on that thing. Go to squarespace.com analog and you can sign up for a free trial today with no credit card required. Then use the offer code analog when you're ready to launch and you will save 10% of your first purchase of a website or domain. That is squarespace.com slash analog. And then when you sign up, use the offer code analog to get 10% of your first purchase and show your support for the show. 
Our thanks to Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. So there's a new a new kid on the block. It's a new and, kid on the block. And it's it's named after something that I'm not entirely sure you're familiar with as a British person. It's called Blue Sky. And Is this like a joke about like we don't get sunlight? Because it rains a lot. Yeah, it rains a lot there. Right. This this didn't land as well as I'd hoped because we were just talking about how freaking hot it gets there, but I yeah. had to try. I was I was compelled by my own patriotism to give it a mm-hmm. shot. But nevertheless, uh, Blue Sky, what, what, uh, you wrote in here, but I would like to ask you the same question. Is it like a thing? Because I don't know. It's becoming a thing. I just read a good uh, platformer article, Casey Newton's newsletter, Platformer. And Casey was kind of like talking about how Blue Sky had a bit of a moment over the weekend. And it, it started to like become a bit meme Like there was this, it had a bug. And basically it was a really popular thread and i don't know why this thread was popular specifically but anybody that replied to that thread every time anybody else replied to that thread everyone would get a notification and <laughs> it was like a bug like whatever it's just a new thing but it was called the hell thread as jack as zach is pointing out in the discord this is all news to me i am familiar with none of this i didn't know about this particular thing until i read casey's article today mm-hmm. um and so it ended up becoming like a moment right like it mm-hmm. had a moment in 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 because then like on the service there were lots of memes and like it became like a thing you know like one of those like social media yeah, yeah, things yeah. like the dress da, 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 da. and this was i assume probably blowing up on twitter a little bit as well i didn't see any of this on mastodon but i don't really see much of anything on mastodon <laughs> because like i have a very small follower list so like sure, sure. i kind of don't really see a ton of stuff anymore and I find out about these things in these kinds of ways. Uh, I am on Blue Sky now. Uh, I got an invite. Uh, How? Friend, Man, of the show, friend of the show, Brian, got me an invite. Casey, yeah. when, I, uh, when I have an invite to share, I'll send you one if someone else yes, hasn't please. already. Like you have to Thank be you. on, you have to have signed up for a little while before they give you invites, which I think makes sense. Mm-hmm. But I've logged in, set up an account, um, followed a bunch of people, kind of not even as many as I've followed on Mastodon yet. My takeaway here is this is t- Twitter. This is Twitter. Like in a way that Mastodon doesn't really feel like it. Like Mastodon feels similar to Twitter to me. Mm-hmm. But Blue Sky just feels like Twitter. Like the things that I'm seeing, um, the types of ways that people are talking, the things that they're sharing, the quote tweets, which I'm so disappointed that Mastodon is going to be implementing. Oh, I'm not, but carry on. I think quote tweets are really bad for society. Um, I think that it's dunking culture. And, and I think Which I that totally understand that. I totally understand culture is, that. is bad. And I think a lot of the hate that uh, comes, that is on social media, I think has perpetuated from the idea of quote tweeting. I think it was a I understand why people like it because it's convenient as a way to throw your weight behind a thing. But I think that it's not so awesome. And I'm I'm seeing it on Blue Sky and I'm reminded of why I exactly don't like this kind of thing. Because uh, I just would I just followed a small amount of people and I was scrolling through it a little bit today and I was already seeing it. Like just this kind of toxicity. Dunking, you mean? This okay, negativity. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, look at what this idiot said. Like, that kind of stuff. Like, I've been on Mastodon for months. 
And I feel like I've seen none of that. So my hope is, and I think what I will try and do, because, you know, apps like Ivory and stuff, I reckon that they will give me the ability for me to turn it off, right? Like, don't show me any quote tweets or quote mm -hmm. posts or whatever it's going to be called on Mastodon. Yeah, yeah, I'd prefer yeah. to not see them than to have to see this stuff again. Because, like, it, for me, it's, like, part of what I really don't like. Like, the way that people talk when they're doing this kind of stuff like it's nice when someone is like hey look at this cool thing my friend did and like i would use quote tweets for that kind of stuff but i think the problem is it's like a super easy way for somebody to share an opinion about a thing that they have, haven't actually spent any time looking at right yeah which is this is why twitter into it like came like you know that thing where it's like have you actually read this article? Did you ever see that notification yeah. on Twitter? <laughs> That's why they created it. Because people would see a, like someone post a thing, like a thread or a link to an article. And then instead of reading it, you just dunk on it. And so you haven't actually read the thing. And so yeah, I don't like it. I'm bummed out, but they're doing it. But this is what the conversation is. But the thing for me that was just like really surprising is just looking at Blue Sky. It just really, it just like immediately felt like Twitter for me. So I'd... I, I personally, I feel like a little bit more comfortable in Mastodon right now, just because of the types of conversations that I'm seeing and the way that the service just kind of feels. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm not sure about Blue Sky, but in the sense of like the reason why I joined Mastodon, uh, I, I have a Blue Sky account. And like, if that's the place that people are going to be, then I will have a way to be there when I want to be. But Ramon is asking in Discord what makes it different from Twitter. The difference is it is still decentralized. So that's it's built on a pro protocol. It's not, I don't believe it's interoperable with ActivityPub. But well, the idea is it, so, I so don't I'm know. reaching. Oh, I don't no, no, know. Hold on. I, I think you're right. It's not built on ActivityPub. I'm sorry. My, my incredulity was from something you said a moment ago. It is currently centralized, but the key is that I don't think it has to be that the protocol. No, Blue Sky is built on top of a decentralized protocol. Well, no, no, hear me out for a second. So it, 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 it's built on a federated protocol, not dissimilar right. from or dissimilar to Mastodon, though I agree with you. I believe it is a different protocol. But the thing is, is that I don't think there are any other servers that have or can be stood up yet. Correct. So it is de facto centralized. Currently, it's yes. not exactly, exactly. Yeah. So right now it's centralized in theory. There's no reason that it would be that way forever, but currently it is centralized, but everyone expects that over time they will open up the software or the protocol or what have you. I shouldn't say the protocol, I guess the software in order to make it so that it can be decentralized because at the bare minimum, it is certainly federated, which is a very, a very like, well, actually kind of thing. But there is something to be, I think it's important to note that currently today, it is not, it is not too dissimilar from Twitter insofar as it is centralized. But the idea... Is that there is a whole, there's a whole new protocol? I think it's right, called the exactly. AT protocol. I think Zach is saying in Discord too. It's like the AT protocol, and that that you will be able to sign in inside of these apps with different servers, all that kind of stuff, like similar mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. Mastodon, basically. So I kind of think of it as like Mastodon, but not an activity pub, but yeah. kind of like uh, fundamentally like Mastodon. Yeah, 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 you know, in a way that honestly, that kind of like Mastodon is becoming, right? Which I think is a good thing. Which is like you can just 
when you get them when you download the Mastodon apps now, like it, it's not going to prompt you for a server. Like it will just allow you to create an account more easily, which I think is like a better yep. sign-on process for people that don't know what they're doing. And you know, the idea again is like if this is going to be done the way that they want it to be done, the way they're saying it's going to be done, it will be similar to Mastodon, similar to the early days of Twitter of like there's an API, people can build whatever they want, like and that's you know the fundamentals of the service as it's being created. So who knows, right? But like that's kind of the idea of it. Realistically, it kind of feels like if there's going to be a replacement for Twitter, which I actually don't think there will be wholly, but if there's going to be a replacement for Twitter or something that like a portion of the user base moves to, it's going to be out of Blue Sky and Mastodon right now, unless someone else comes and enters the ring, which I actually think they will. I think there's going to be a bit of a gold rush on this stuff now. It seems like yeah. this is one of the only places in tech right now where there is investment happening. It's like the sense <laughs> that I'm getting, like in startups and stuff, is like, because it seems at this point quite clear that Twitter doesn't have a very positive future ahead of it. Like, certainly the, not the way it looks now. The outlook is gloomy, right? Like, mm -hmm, it, mm -hmm. you know, they, they took all the checks away and no one seemed to care. Like, and, and when they did, I think that was like maybe the last thing to suggest that the outlook is bad, right? Like, who knows what's going to happen? Like, realistically, I think that that has, in the however many months it's been since Elon Musk bought Twitter, it's like it has actually been kind of impossible to, at any one point, guess what the future of the company looks like. It's felt like it was going to fall many times before it has. Yeah. But realistically, it's a private company that needs to make money, and it doesn't seem like it's making money right now. So I don't know how long this can realistically continue before he just cuts his losses, right? Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, right? I, I don't, I don't understand enough about how the financials of that deal went down to know if he can just be like, "Well, we're done," or if that we makes... can go bankrupt. Like he can go yeah. bankrupt, and like I, I don't know true. what happens after that point. But yeah, there are bills to pay. There are loan payments to make and the company's got to make money to make mm -hmm. those and it doesn't seem like they are like all the reporting that i read seems to suggest that like the company's not making money like advertising is down um yeah, yeah. and the subscription thing has not worked like they kind of really stumbled on that like they they were sitting on the possibility of seriously being able to make a subscription-based twitter work and they just failed like every you know they tried to launch it four times and it was a failure each time because the proposition just wasn't good enough and it was like always built on the back of this like blackmail which is just like what are you doing <laughs> like this is the terrible way to build a subscription service like oh it'd be such a shame if you lost all these features it's like oh great i feel really incentivized to sign up so yeah, yeah. But anyway, I don't really know what the future of these things is i just thought it was like an interesting thing to note that like well here's another one and really this one, I think you would feel it too if you saw it. It's not even so much about, like, the app looks like Twitter, right? But it genuinely feels more Twittery than Mastodon does. Like, Mastodon feels like tech Twitter, right? From, like, yeah. the days yeah, yeah, of yeah. tech Twitter. And Blue Sky feels like kind of, like, jokey Twitter. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Right? Like... Uh, ah there's funny memes right like it feels more like that 
which I think is maybe generally, and well, not is, it is generally more palatable by a wider group of people, right? Because it's just more like general in its mm-hmm. approach. And I think for me, I'm not as interested in that because I think that is where it quite easily turns into like not it good. It gets nasty. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we'll we'll see. I mean, ultimately, whatever one wins, I'll just tune my experience to the point where it's palatable for me. I know what I want out of these services now, and I've kind of like been able to work that one out for myself. Like, and so I'm pretty happy with where I am. And if I'm going to be on one of them at the end, like I'll just be able to make it what I want. I feel like I've done that really successfully with Mastodon. So I feel like I could do it with Blue Sky. Worst comes to worst. Yeah, I think you probably could. I mean, knowing almost nothing about Blue Sky, but I think you're right. I think you absolutely could. Because, you know, I see what I've done to Mastodon. I'm like, oh, I could have made Twitter like this if I really wanted to, but I didn't. Instead, I wanted to follow a thousand people and like <laughs> leave all retweets on and da 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 It's like, well, I, I actually could have gotten it way closer to what I had Mastodon looking like, but I needed both the physical break and I, like of the service change mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then my time away where I could really like work on what, what was my issue, you know? Yep, makes sense. This episode is brought to you by ExpressVPN. You may have heard people talk about, including us, that you should be considering a VPN when you connect to some internet networks, maybe public Wi-Fi, maybe networks you're not familiar with. Adding in an extra step to anything that you do every day, though, can be a hassle. Well, if you knew how easy it was to protect your connection with ExpressVPN... You'd be doing it already because ExpressVPN is the easiest way to browse safely, securely, just better. ExpressVPN gets rid of all the things that you hate about other VPNs. It's a VPN done right. It's blazing fast. Lots of other VPNs are going to slow your connection down to the point where it's not even worth it to connect. But ExpressVPN doesn't lag or buffer. You can stream in HD with no issues. I mostly use ExpressVPN. Like most of my usage is when I'm traveling. So I'm in like hotels and stuff like that. And I'm using it for, you know, maybe I'm wanting to watch some content at home, so I need to get around a geo restriction or whatever. And quite frequently, I will be at home, you know, like a week later. It's like, oh, ExpressVPN's still on. Like, it's fine to be on. (laughs) I can choose what I want. But, like, I don't notice a speed change. Using ExpressVPN couldn't be easier. You just open the ExpressVPN app, you click a button, and enjoy instant protection across all your devices. I love how easy it is on my Mac. It just leaves in my menu bar. You can, from there, turn it on. You can change the location that you want to be connected through. Super simple. The fact is, once you connect to ExpressVPN, you don't even realize you have it on. Your connection is secure. Your data is encrypted. You can spoof your location so you have access to content available outside your region so easily. This is why it's been called the best VPN by CNET and others. Right now, go to expressvpn.com analog and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash analog to get three extra months of ExpressVPN. That is expressvpn.com slash analog. Now, thanks to ExpressVPN for the support of this show and Relay FM. So, Mike, I have good news. I have been in the room where it happens. Hey, hey have you heard the good word about Hamilton, Mike? No, tell I have me all some things about to it. Tell you. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> so uh, the touring, uh, one of the touring casts of Hamilton, I don't recall the name of the cast. I know there's like two names and I don't remember which one it was. Well, one of them came through Richmond uh, in mid-April, I think it was. And they did a week or two of performances uh, as a Christmas gift from me to Aaron and me. 
Uh, um, uh, I got us tickets to go see it. I arranged with my parents to watch the children and the dog, and we were able to go see Hamilton. And this is the first and only time I had seen it in person. Um, it was amazing. It is incredible what these human beings can do. Uh, however, I will say that knowing the the video recording that's on Disney Plus, you know, knowing the movie version, Inside Out, Upside Down, etc., did not set me up for an overabundance of success with this performance. <laughs> because it turns out, the people who are on Broadway for years are exceptionally talented, indescribably talented, and the people in this cast were exceptionally talented. I don't know if I would go so, say, so far as to say indescribably talented, though. <laughs> so um, it was wow. extremely good. I, I would go and see it again for sure. Uh, I bet you like the London touring. The, I don't even know if it's a touring, touring. cast at that point. But exactly. We're there you go. So the, London- it is, it, the London cast is as established in a way as the, as the, uh, the New York cast. There you like, go. Exactly. They are permanent casts, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I would say like I've seen Hamilton three times and every single time I've been blown away by the London cast. There's been, you know, there are differences in some of them. Like sometimes like, oh, I prefer this burr to that burr. Yeah, sure, you know? sure, sure. Um, I think we may have seen like an understudy burr once and he was still really good. But like the uh, the, the original guy that we saw play burr was the best person in the entire company. Mm-hmm. Um, when we saw it the first two times, so it was like a very, very heavy shoes to fill. Like I remember, I probably talk about, I spoke about this at the time. Um, but uh, I'll find there's a there's a mic at the movies I think where I where I, I just seen it. Um, and so I'll find that, and put that in the show notes. But our um, oh no, that was Hamilton on Disney Plus. I don't know. I spoke about it somewhere. I think. Uh, but the <laughs> the the our Hamilton, the guy that I'd seen, I think three times he it's kind of funny really he's just he was just so much better than my mom miranda like yep and and i I think think that's in general most of the hamiltons are because lynn is not a powerful singer Mm -hmm. but he's very talented and he's the way that he can like make the character come to life yep he's extremely charismatic yeah which which I think is absolutely true, but it, I, it, in my personal opinion, the the uh, Disney Plus version of Hamilton, Lin Manuel as a performer is probably pretty easily the least skilled of all the people yeah. on stage, yeah. and he is phenomenally talented in general, and he's a phenomenally talented performer. But everyone around him was just indescribably good, mm-hmm. and yeah, so we had like an understudy Hamilton who was okay. Um, our Burr was pretty good. Our George Washington f- fluttered in between extremely good and good. I I have found that like I think in a lot of in a lot of casts the the like, the actor who plays Washington can tend to be the best. Like mm-hmm. I, I feel in for me I think the guy the original Ham uh, the original Washington I think mm-hmm. is the is my favorite performer in the original yep, same, Broadway cast. Same. 100%. His voice is absolutely astounding. Mm-hmm. And I think that that person, whoever plays that character, needs to embody that. I think there are a lot of like norms that were set up by the Broadway cast that mm-hmm. that filtrate through the subsequent cast just because of the types of songs that they have to produce, right? So yep, I think yep. that like by and large, whoever plays washington has to be able to 
project so strongly because they also have they have to have that about them. You know, it's the same as yeah, like yeah, yeah. Um, whoever plays uh, uh, Jefferson. Mm, they have mm-hmm. to have a cheekiness about them, right? Like, yep, 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 yep. You've got to be able and like you know, and this because as well they have dance numbers too. And it's just like so that will affect. It. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No, Christopher Jackson from the original cast who played Hamilton. Oh, excuse me, who played uh, Washington is probably my favorite as well. And just an impossibly, incredibly good voice, just an amazing voice. And, and like I said, our Washington would flutter in and out of like, Oh yeah, he's, he's got it. And then like, Oh, maybe not. And that was, that was a little, that was interesting. Uh, but what was fascinating to me a couple of moments, first of all, um, satisfied is probably my favorite song of the entire show. And the end of satisfied just, just murders me in the best possible way. And, and our um, what's the character's name? I'm drawing a blank now. Um, Eliza. El- no, Angel- Angelica. Angelica. Um, yeah, you know who is who's kind of starring and satisfied and singing satisfied. Um, uh, our Angelica was good, but like at the end, when you when when uh, Renee Elise Goldsberry or whoever or whatever her name is, it's just like just belts out the this the, these handful of notes at the very end of satisfied and i was i'm like at the edge of my seat like literally leaning forward waiting for that moment and it and it happened and it just wasn't quite as good and like that's fine and i think if if i wasn't so intimately aware of everything on that that disney plus movie i would have had my socks blown off of my feet by this cast like i'm not trying to say they're not good it's just you, you you're not you're not as good as the Broadway cast. And I bet you you're not as good as the London, you know, like permanent cast, like you were mm. saying. But a couple of things that were really funny though, was like Lafayette and Peggy, the, you know, the, the, they're the, the actors that play those roles in the first act play different roles in the second half yep. or in the second act. Lafayette and Peggy were like, okay to me, but it was the same actors that did Jefferson and Mrs. Reynolds. And they killed it in the it's second completely act. Different like, songs. It's, like, they, it's they really so do. wild. They, they've, they're, they're in, it's incredibly different and like that's kind of what i'm saying it's like it's it's odd to me that now like as far down as it's been that they still play the roles that way right that mm-hmm. like they still have uh characters who have split roles like that's just yeah, really yeah, yeah, interesting yeah. that they mm-hmm. do it that way like i mm-hmm. think that that's I don't know, it's kind of fascinating yeah no you're exactly right and 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 it was funny because i feel like the first act for the most part, everyone played it pretty close to the vest insofar as like it was a fairly faithful mimic of the Broadway show as I know it, which is to say the Disney Plus movie. Um, but the second act, I don't know why, I don't know what it was about it, but like in particular, Jefferson would not ad lib necessarily, but would like it would would do silly dances or may or say certain lines in certain ways. It was it was very funny. And and he played an even cheekier, even like sillier Jefferson than I was used to. And I really loved it. I thought he did a phenomenal job. And and Mrs. Reynolds, like where she was kind of just there in the first act as Peggy, her the our Mrs. Reynolds uh, that we saw was very good and really did a good job as, uh, uh, you know, in the second act. And so. It was one of those things where, especially since we had an understudy Hamilton, I kind of wanted to go a second time during the Richmond run, which I did not do. Uh, but I kind of wanted to go a second time just to see if, if you know, if, it, if a different night would be better. Or again, I'm implying that it was bad. It was not bad. But you know what I mean? Like if a different night would, would strike me differently, um, if maybe the the non-understudy Hamilton would be a different or better or what have you. But no yep. matter what, just being in the room and watching these 20, 30, 40, whatever humans 
and leaving aside, you know, the orchestra and whatnot, watching them do this, it's just mind boggling how amazing it is to see this happen. And, and with the, with the movie, you're at the whim of the director who I think was uh, Alex Lacamoire, if I'm not mistaken, I think I have that right. Uh, who's, who is, you know, one of the mm-hmm. people who, who wrote Hamilton or, or, or was instrumental in, in, you know, having, helping Lin-Manuel get it to, to be a thing. But anyways, you're, you're still at the mercy of the camera, right? Because what the camera shows is all you can see. And our seats were not stellar. Um, we were way in the back of the, of the bottom floor, like literally the last row. Um, but nevertheless, it's fascinating looking at all the other things that are happening on stage that maybe you didn't get an opportunity to focus on when you're looking at the TV screen in your house. You know what I mean? And so I, I should have written down a couple of examples. Um, the only one I can think of is Early on in the first act, they talk about um, some sort of like attack. I'm drawing a blank now, but attack on the water or something like that. And I had no idea this was a thing, but they hold, they they like projected like waves onto the stage such mm. that it kind of made you think water. And I never noticed that on the film. And and maybe they didn't even do it for the film because they knew it was being recorded and so on. And that's a that's a kind of meh example, but it's a silly example. It's an example of something that I just never got. Because I wasn't in the room where it happened, right? I, I just didn't. I, I could only see what the camera was showing me, and and that was also super cool. I, if they come back, even if it was the exact same cast, I would absolutely go see it again. I, I would love to see it again sometime. It's just such an amazing, amazing, amazing musical. And I've seen musicals on and off Broadway in the past, although it's been a very long time. Um, and it's just so amazing and so cool to see, and so astonishing how talented these people are. I mean, they, their pinkies are more talented than my entire body. It's, it's ridiculous. Did you cry? No, I definitely, I, I, funnily enough. So I'm not, I'm not against or above crying at a, at a film or a, or a performance or whatnot. I was absolutely actively tearing when it started though, which I didn't expect, but I yeah, was I get so like excited. Yeah. I was so excited. It's kind of emotionally so overwhelming. Into, yep. Yeah. Yep. Because I mean, I, I know that I was late as much as I poke fun at myself. Like I was late to Hamilton. We didn't really get into it until around the time the movie came out, which was, I think the, yeah. around the 4th of July of 2020. Like I'd heard the soundtrack and I thought it was fine, but it didn't really do that much for me. And it wasn't until I saw it that I was like, Oh, Oh, this is what everyone's been talking about for five years already. <laughs> you know. But uh, so I've been, you know, deep diving in it ever since then. And, um, and yet, yeah, so, so I, at this point I have had, you know, two to three years of investment into this, into this piece of art. And when, you know, when, when the, the opening lines or the, 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 uh, the music lines, the music notes, I guess I should say the opening notes start playing and I'm just chills top to bottom. I'm getting yeah. teary eyed. And it's just, it's a good, it's a good intro, right? When they're just, oh, you yeah. know, they're constantly all shouting Hamilton, Hamilton. Yep, and then yep, when yep, he yep. comes out, it's like, you know, yeah, I mean, I've, you know, I've seen it three times now. The first time that we saw it, I didn't, I'd never listened to it. Like, I didn't know oh, anything. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I knew what it was, right? Because it had been out for enough time. Like, I, I understood it. I'd heard a couple of songs here and there, but I'd never, like, really listened. And so I was just, like, really enjoyed it and then cried throughout basically the whole second half. <laughs> yeah. And But then every time I've seen it subsequent, and I'm sure every time I see it since, I get choked up at the start yep, for same. that reason mm-hmm. and then cry throughout this whole second half. and it gets worse like the emotion i have in the second half has got subsequently worse each time that i've seen it because i know it's coming like i can't listen to the second half of hamilton like i can't listen to it oh golly 
Yeah, you see, I, I I prefer the first half. I just enjoy the songs more. Like yeah. leaving aside the story, like that that I'm not talking about that at all. I just think that the first half songs, not all of them. The second half I don't care for, but there's a handful I don't care for. Whereas the first half, the first act, I I really really like. Um, but our Eliza, I should have noted, was actually very very good. Uh, you know, Philip Sue or whatever her name is from the original cast is phenomenal, and ours ours held a candle to her. Like she, our our Eliza was very good. Was well, the performance of the Eliza and, and the the original Eliza in the UK? name was Rachel Ango and she did such an incredible job like that was what hit me was her strength her, the, the final song is what really gets me and then you know yeah. like obviously the main thing like the orphan that was that was yeah, yeah, what, yeah, 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 like yeah. the mm-hmm. first time I saw that because I don't know any of this, I don't know any of it right that's the difference because I know none of these people I don't know their history right mm-hmm. like I just mm-hmm. don't and so, like little bits like that, like finding out these parts of their life, and it's just like, oh, I was, yeah, it was crazy. That that got me so bad. That was like sobbing, like actual sobbing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, at the end, yeah. Usually, I don't get that choked up by the end, but in this case, I, I, if memory serves, I was a little choked up. But I was absolutely choked up at the beginning, without question. Uh, one quick thought that I thought was quite funny. So I, I'm not going to be able to cite the lines just off the dome, but there's a handful of times in the play that there's references made to Monticello, uh, to, to being a Virginian, particularly uh, Washington, you know, and, and it is hilarious when you watch a auditorium full of Virginians, either by birth or by residence, trying to figure out the correct way to react to those lines, because yeah. a lot of them are about like how well, the Virginians talking wanted- about slaving. Exactly. Right? So yeah. on the one side, everyone's like, "Whoa, that's us!" So yeah, Wait, never yeah, mind. Exactly. Like, there's a lot of references to like <laughs> yeah. slavery and stuff. It's Southerners and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so it was hilarious because all of us, myself included, wanted to be like, "Yeah, that's oh!" Like, but maybe we shouldn't be cheering this right now. Right. Well, you see, the difference is whenever the king comes on the stage, everyone loses their yeah, right. freaking <laughs> minds here because it's perfect for us, right? Like, we nobody likes being made fun of comedically more than the british right we just freaking love it and so like this guy comes on stage and he's about to make fun of us like and it's just this ridiculous thing of like and it's just everyone goes mad like i've told this story before but there was like i saw an interview with lin-manuel like before um and i saw it after it was actually shown after the show had premiered but he was saying like he was really nervous because he had no idea how it was going to play like in in London, yeah. It like mm. would we find it offensive, right? And right. obviously we don't like at all uh, find <laughs> it offensive. And actually, I think for for a lot of Brits, it's actually their best, the favorite part. I think because you know the king is a lot of people's favorite part of the show anyway, right? For good yeah. reason that it's mm. some of the best writing in the whole play. Like the, yeah, the, the absolutely. You know, You'll be back. It's just like a genius. That might be like just from a cleverness perspective that like the standout of like it's so smart. Well, they, that is, and it's and it's only three words, and it's amazing. Didn't that come from a Hugh Laurie or something like that? But um, but I think Hugh Laurie had been in a conversation with Lin Manuel when he was on House or something. I think I'd read somewhere, and that's what the origin of "You'll Be Back." But um, but no, uh, what is it? The the line like uh, I'll. I'll send a fully armed battalion to remind you of my love yeah. like that that line yeah. is just so freaking funny to me yeah. i could never hear that and not laugh oh goodness it's just the whole show is so good but yeah we're watching the virginians try to figure and myself included trying to figure out are we supposed to be happy about this or not and it's also funny thinking about and i i don't know maybe maybe i'm 
um, stealing Val. So a quote, apparently a quote from Lin-Manuel Miranda found on Goodreads. I was having a drink with Hugh Laurie with whom I'd worked on his series house and I told him I wanted to write a breakup letter from King George to the colonies. Without blinking, he improved at me. Ah, oh, you'll be back, wagging his finger. <laughs> I laughed and filed it away. Thanks, Hugh Laurie. There you go. See, isn't that good? Uh, a secret Brit, by the way, if you're a Reconcilable Differences listener here on Relay FM, a very good secret Brit. I had no He's idea not Hugh Laurie a secret. was a Brit. Hugh he Laurie to me. is not a secret Brit. I, not to you, not to you all, not to you lot, but to me and us dumb not Americans. Not a secret. I won't yeah, accept yeah, yeah. this. I understand. <laughs> I know what it means, right? Like, Hugh Laurie is not a secret Brit. He's I a secret no American. I don't know. Yeah, right? <laughs> Maybe that's the way you look at it. Uh, no, um, no, it, it was also one, one final note, even though I said that like three times already. It was also very cool and weird. I don't know why it hit me when I was there in a different way than when I watched it at home. But when they talk about like, you know, Jefferson me being at Monticello, that that's an hour away from where I am right this very moment. Right. Yeah. Like yeah, we are cool. right there. And, you know, I've never been to Mount Vernon, which is where Washington's house was um, or is, I guess. Uh, but I, that's a couple hours from where I sit right now. And, you know, every every American is un, unnecessarily and unreasonably proud about being American, about the particular state that they're from. But. It hit me in a way that it doesn't often that Virginia, for all of its many problems, and there we have plenty, uh, Virginia is where a lot of this stuff happened. And that is in like Yorktown, which is an entire song, is yeah. an hour east of me, you know, so on the to the east, to the to the west and to the north are all, you know, things that are that are featured in this performance. And and I just it, it feels kind of cool. And I got a little smug. You know, even though I am, am I am a Virginian by residence, not by birth. I don't know. I'm just it's, it's kind of cool, and I'm kind of proud to to live in a place where all of this stuff happened. Even though a lot of the choices old you know Virginians of that era made, I vehemently disagree with. Uh, it's still neat to know that that's that's where I'm from, sort of, kind of now. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's interesting in a way of like if you're in New York or if you're in the Virginia area, like that's where Hamilton's happening. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. They're the places where. The, the show is happening in a way that like i guess it's kind of sad that i assume there is not really a theater theater scene in dc because it would be kind of cool for hamilton to be there you know like always. I, mean, I believe there is I, I don't know for sure but i think there is it's nothing like new york or or london or even chicago i don't think but i think there's well, everywhere has theaters, like you just went to one yeah. but i mean like the idea yeah, exactly. of there be i mean really i think there are only two theater scenes in the world right and you just mentioned yeah, them yeah, yeah. right the, mm-hmm, like the places mm-hmm. where there are permanent theaters for musicals and plays like and it is huge and like a big part of the economy in those areas right like yep absolutely you can put on a show anywhere everywhere has theaters but you've got the west end and you've got broadway and like mm-hmm. that's that's where this stuff happens but it would just be fun if there was just like a permanent place for hamilton there as well because it's like well that's where the history is kind of unfolded Mm-hmm. I'm pleased you got to see it, though. Oh, and too. I hope that if you ever come back to London again, uh, you really should go see the London production. Because also well, it's very feasible to get it. tickets to the London production. It's not, yeah, it's not it. as complicated as it is in New York, I think. I don't, I don't know if New York is still like that, but London, yeah, I don't know you can just buy tickets to, to Hamilton in London. Yeah, well, uh, find me a babysitter for the kids because next time we come, it'll probably be with the kids. Find me a babysitter for the kids, the four I'm of us I'm not going to do that part, but we can go. <laughs> I'll very happily go with you, but I'm not finding you a babysitter. Fair enough. 
This episode is brought to you by FitBod. Getting fitter is one of those things that can have knock-on effects in other areas of your life that you might not have expected. You might have more energy in general. You might sleep better. This is the kind of stuff that you might experience. But when it comes to wanting to tackle your fitness in some way, it could be hard to know where to get started. I know for me, it was very daunting. I was worried that I would maybe start doing some exercises, not doing very well and injure myself. So I was super happy to find FitBud because their video tutorials make it so easy to learn every exercise. They're shot from multiple angles so you can see how to kind of position yourself, how your body should be moving for their strength workout stuff, which FitBud has so many of these types of exercises, like the body weight workouts. And you don't, you can, you know, if you have equipment, you can put that into FitBud and it will tailor that experience for you. But if you want to get started, this is a great place to just do workouts with the thing that you already have, which is your own body. FitBod's algorithm learns about you, your goals, and your training ability to create a custom dynamic program based on your experience and any equipment that you have. What you want is something that will work for you, that is made for you. That's when it will stick and you'll see the results that you're looking for, which is why FitBod uses data to make sure that they customize this plan to suit you. Their powerful technology understands your ability and studies your past workouts to create a training plan that will maximize fitness gains intelligently by varying intensity and volume between sessions. FitBod tracks muscle fatigue and recovery to design a well-balanced workout routine so you're not overworking or underworking anything. FitBod will also integrate with your Apple Watch, your Wear OS smartwatch, and apps like Strava, Fitbit, and Apple Health. I really like having it on my Apple Watch because I can very easily check what I'm supposed to be doing. And if it's an exercise that I know, I don't need to look at my phone and I could just focus on the workout. Personalized training of this quality can be expensive. FitBod is just $12.99 a month or $79.99 a year. But you can get 25% off your membership by signing up at fitbod.me analog. If you go for that year membership, that's a big chunk of money off. So go now and get your customized fitness plan at fitbod.me analog to get that 25% off your membership at fitbod.me analog. Our thanks to FitBod for their support of this show and Relay FM. So Mike, you've been buying some really ugly pants recently and I want to understand what the Not yet, but is oh boy am I. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna. I've got lots of tabs open. I haven't bought any clothes yet, but I'm gonna. Oh, that makes me laugh. Loud. Uh, so uh, what what are you up to these days? I am becoming a golfer. We spoke about this uh, last month, didn't we? I thought we did. Or maybe I made it was just reference privately to that we it, talked I about think. It. But then you said you wanted to talk about it more. And I don't think that we'd gotten into it too much. I don't remember. My brain is full of cold medicine, so I can't <laughs> be held responsible for this. All right. So would you g- at least give us the cliff notes of the backstory that led you to golf in the first place, please? Uh, part of my yearly theme this year, uh, which is the year of the weekend, part of it was to establish a little bit more of a London-based life for myself and like to have more things that I'm doing here. Um, and one of those things for me was to strike up a more consistent and better connection with two of my closest friends that live in London. You know, we went to school together. We've been friends for like 20 years, you know, 20 plus years um, and we always, you know, it's like that kind of group where everyone's always trying to get together, but you can never make it happen. So I kind of took it upon myself to be like, I'm going to be the person who makes this happen. Yeah. We need more of those people in everyone's lives. I, I, yeah. I'm not trying to be flippant. I really mean that because yeah. so often when left to my own devices, I'll just sit at home with Aaron and the kids, which is great. But then 
I have friends that are local that I haven't seen in like months. And yeah. and it's because none of us will step up and be like, darn it, this is what we're doing. We're going to such and such and we're doing it together. Yeah, this is something that my therapist really recommended too. Like, just mm-hmm. just be that person. Like, if you want it to happen, make it happen. So I went and did it. And um, we had dinner, we had a great time. And I knew that both of these guys would play golf. Like they play golf with their friends and et cetera. And when we were out, they were like, oh, we should play. And they arranged to play like a couple of days later or whatever. I was like, I'll come, just let me come. So I, I went with them, went to a golf course, played around and I just had a great day, like just being with them. So I was like, I'm gonna learn how to play golf. Adina bought me a golf lesson for my birthday and I've been taking golf lessons, you know, going to a driving range and like learning. Um, I've been to golf courses with these with these friends a couple of times now. Um, it's been playing and you know, I've hit a few balls every now and then. We've done um, an indoor golf simulator thing. Like, you know, you could, you know, there are all these things now where it's like axe throwing and like all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a couple of companies in London, especially. These these are popping up all over the place where they're indoor golf simulators, right? And they bring you drinks and food and stuff, and you can play any That's golf cool. course in the world. Now, this I feel like doesn't track the same way that some of this other stuff does because you actually have to be able to play golf to get the experience out. This isn't like <laughs> mini golf, right? Mini yeah. golf, anyone can do mini golf. You have to know how to swing a golf club, right, to to do this thing, right? right it's right. just it is a high tech simulator that analyzes your swing and you hit balls and they hit into a net like a screen, right, which is being you're projecting yep. onto. Mm-hmm. My friends were not convinced that this thing was like super accurate, but it was accurate enough. Like there were a couple of hits where even I felt like I'm sure that would have gone further than this has said it's going to go. <laughs> but whatever, it's using radar. Da, 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 da. So done that. We're actually doing that again next week. Um, and I'm in. I last week bought a set of clubs. Oh, I hear that's not cheap. Was not cheap. Um, <laughs> plus, I decided to, at the recommendation of my uh, coach trainer I don't know how to describe him mm-hmm. um, he recommended that I get fitted for at least my irons and that will increase the price because then you buy a new Indeed. right well plus there, you're do you I'm not trying to be funny do yeah. you golf left handed so no. doesn't that re- oh you don't no I golf right handed oh okay I was going to say because I thought that baby. Makes... All right, fair no enough. it's a strength based thing it's not pre- so I, anything with precision is left strength is right and I got you. this okay. is a strength based activity for me, right? So okay. I'm I'm right. I golf right handed. Maybe I would be better left left handed. Never tried, but I'm not. In, but like <laughs> it just feels unnatural to me. Um, sure. So okay. I, I golf right handed, and you know I've been like it's it's really cool. Like I've been doing this for I don't know a couple of months like, since my since like February. I've been going for lessons sometimes every week or sometimes every two weeks, um, and I feel I can feel the difference, right? Like I can actually see how things have evolved over time. Like. I am not good by any stretch, but I don't ever expect to be, nor do I want to be, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's kind of one of the great things in golf, right? Is that they have the handicap system, so, like, it can level people out. Like, you right. get, if you don't know what that means, it's like, you know, if it ta- imagine it takes 90 shots to be perfectly on par. It's called par, right? You have, like, a, this. you have 18 holes. Each hole has a shot limit, right? So like maybe this is a three par or a four par and that is like you should be able to get to completion of the hole, right? Putting in three. But 
maybe you do it in four or five. And this ends up building a calculation of how many shots you should have reduced at the end. And so it kind of levels people out in an interesting way. It's like a lot of things about that with golf, which I kind of like as like a person who's not very good at sport of like, <laughs> and kind of get through. And between my two friends, they have like, sometimes they play well, sometimes they play bad. And there's like a variance between the two of them. So I feel like I will eventually be able to settle into this three of like where I'm going to be. Um, like obviously I'm going to be the worst for a while and probably may <laughs> always be, but I'm fine with that. Like all I want to be able to do is just like complete the course, right? Like I don't really care about anything else. So yeah, I went and got fitted uh, for the clubs. It was a strong recommendation from the guy of like, well, you know, make sure that it's the right one for you. And I found the experience of getting the, the clubs fit to me really good because we could choose between the type of club and the type of club head and the, the like the shaft of the club and like what flexibility it should have and what am I looking for? And the guy was like able to, you know, I was hitting balls for like 90 minutes with the guy and he could analyze my swing. And, and I ended up like what I ended on was so good like when i started every ball i was hitting was like it was going right a little bit you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and by the end i'm like bang on straight because he's nice. tailored these clubs to fit my natural swing it's like there's so That's much cool. of this in golf too right which is just like juice in it like it's all just juice in it right. like everything is like this club will make you hit further this ball will make you hit further like all of this stuff is about like how can you get that little bit of extra out of your swing, out of your mm -hmm. drive, you know, go further, da 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 da. Like, cause, it, and that's how these companies make money, right? Uh, but yeah, I went with a set of clubs that was not cheap, but I did a bunch of research and was like, well, I only really want to do this one time. So I went and got like new clubs and I'm planning on keeping the majority of them like for 20 years or whatever, right? Yeah. And like this is just like an investment in a thing that's important to me. You say that until suddenly there's a new club invented that lets you juice it some other way, and then you're gonna have to get a whole yeah, new but set of clubs. For me, I can't imagine that I'm gonna be the kind of person who will really be able to benefit from those extra ten yards. Like, yeah, that's fair. I'm that's not fair. gonna be good enough or play enough. I feel like you know, my hope is that like maybe I'll be able to play a couple of times a month. Like that would be super good for me. Um, or like take a club or two down to a driving range one Tuesday morning and just hit like 60 balls just for fun. Like, you know, it's also like, it's another thing. It's like another active thing to add into my life. Yeah, you totally. know, you do like a couple of miles worth of walking if you're doing like a full 18. Um, mm -hmm. And there's also the, the activity, like the energy expelled in striking the balls. Right. Like, and yeah, I had a, I really, Casey, I love it. I don't know why. Uh, but I do. And, you know, I like that it's kind of solo in a way, right? That, like, it's not a team sport. No one's relying mm. on me, so the pressure's off on me a little bit because that kind of stuff I don't like. Uh, it ticks enough boxes for me, but realistically, it's just a way for me to be able to spend time with some people that I care about. And it's, like, yeah, it's bringing us together. We have this, like, thing. Like, I think one of the... I think where I mentioned it before was like the, the recommendation from my therapist, which was just like, guys especially seem to need a reason, like in general, right? In general. <laughs> guys need to have like a reason to get together. Like, yep, they don't just get together 
they need like a thing a shared activity a lot of the time that's sports for a lot of people mm -hmm. and you know maybe that might be going to a sporting event or whatever and so in doing that gives you an excuse to spend time together and you'll talk and we've you know me and these two guys, friends of mine, we've been talking about some very meaningful things that are going on in our lives and we're all in a similar life stage in a way that like, we would never have these conversations over WhatsApp, right? right. It's just right, not right, going right. to happen. But us coming together, being together for hours, maybe having a couple of drinks after, you know, like what we did the other day, we, we all had a free afternoon on a Friday, so I joined them for like a, a quick nine and we then had a drink and then we went for dinner and like just got to That's spend cool. the whole time together. It's like, it's fantastic. Like this is kind of what I was looking for, what I was hoping for from my life this year. And it's, you know, cause we all live like in a greater proximity to each other now than we did before, like after I moved. So it was a very, uh, simple way for us to be able to get together. And it's made a huge impact on my life. Like my life feels so much richer this year because of it. So it's like, That's great. I will thank golf for that. That's super cool. It is going is the the act of playing golf expensive because my impression was always that it's extremely expensive. Even leaving aside the clubs, leaving aside all the paraphernalia, yeah. just going and playing golf, I thought was like deeply expensive. It can be like yes or no. Like one, it depends on the club that you're playing at. Um, mm -hmm. Two, if someone's a member, so like uh, one of my okay. friends has a membership to a golf club. So, you know, he's obviously paying a lot more, but he's paying it anyway. And so when he brings us, there is a charge for us, but it's less. But gotcha. it, you know, that you can sense. just rock up to a, to a golf course and you will pay more. Um, but because he is a member, it's like I put, it's funny, I put my name down for membership. Right? I just like, oh, I'll just put my name down. So there's a mm. waiting list. They got back to me and they're like, yep, there is a waiting list. Um, by the current estimation, uh, we will be able to give you a spot in 2028. Oh, Oh my. Yeah, this was like a thing. So like my friend put his name down. This is this is kind of morbid, but my friend put his name down in 2019 and they told him it'd be a, like a four-year waiting list and he got on the waiting list very like halfway through 2020, which is like Yikes. Oh no, what had to happen for that waiting yeah. list to mm -hmm. speed up? But then like it's a similar thing where now because like covid with covid like one of the sports that opened up first was golf because it was sure, all outside right yep, yep and yep. so it like in london especially prompted a lot of people to want to join golf clubs and so or golf courses and so i think that's that's like why the wait is now so long but i've just put my name down on it i'm sure it will come up quicker than that um i hope it doesn't have to come up as quickly as it did for my buddy but because then that's bad news, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but I'm on it, and one day it will come around. But I figure if, if only the three of us are going to play, they really, really need one of us to be on it, and then we just split the cost of a round. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. No, I'm glad you're I'm glad you're doing it. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Um, yeah, yeah I, I don't have any particular interest in, uh, in, in the idea of playing golf. Like I'm not saying it's bad or wrong or anything like that. It's, there's not a lot that really drives a huge interest for me. Although I do mm -hmm. love mini golf. Uh, but the idea of getting an excuse to hang out for a couple of hours with your friends, I am all in on that. You know, I am right there with you on that one. And I bet you, if I gave golf an honest shot, I probably would enjoy it a lot more than I expect I would. But I, I think this is incredibly healthy for you, both in the physical and mental health departments. 
And I'm really glad that you took the initiative to to go do it. That's super great. So uh, how how obnoxious are your pants going? Or you, I'm sorry, your trousers going to oh, be? Oh, I'm gonna go so loud. Mm-hmm. Like somehow I'm not surprised by this. Let me. Sh- I want to give you an idea of the. Uh, I bought a golf bag, right? Mm-hmm. Let me find this. And this this bag, I think, gives a good uh, idea of what my clothing is going to look like. I'll put it in oh, the show no. notes. Too. And so I think that this kind of, <laughs> I'm going big and bold. Oh, this is mostly black and white, but with some very loud neon yeah. green, almost yellow trim to it. Yeah. Or I guess the zippers are all like neon green and the yeah. base is like a neon green. Yeah, I, I can't say I'm entirely surprised by this. And also, like, again, uh, these are the shoes that I'm aiming to go for. So I want to, so they make some Stan Smiths, some golf Stan Smiths. And they have this like lace guard thing, which is very like unnecessarily like fancy looking, you know. So yeah, I'm I'm using this as an opportunity to really kind of go wild in the fashion department, which I think people who have ever seen me do a live show know that I enjoy anyway. So this is just yep. another reason to be flamboyant. Oh my word, the little flappy thing yep. coming off the tongue. That's I don't so know why it ridiculous. does that, but. I will just go for it. I actually think if that is removable, I will probably remove it. But if it's not, I'll happily wear it, you know? So I'm go- I'm using this as an opportunity to really explore uh, color in my life. <laughs> you exploring color in your I life, know. you don't say. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's very cool. No, I'm I'm glad you're I'm glad you found this. I'm glad you're enjoying it. We'll have to follow up maybe next month because you haven't received your clubs yet. Is that correct? No, it's it was gonna take like three or four weeks and to be made. So hopefully get them uh, middle of this month. Although I'm hoping to get that call any day now, but I don't think it's gonna happen. All right, this episode is brought to you by Computex. Get ready to grow your career, expand your business, and discover the infinite possibilities of technology. Computex 2023 is happening in Taiwan from May 30th to June 2nd with the theme, Together We Create, where the world's most innovative minds will be coming together to showcase their latest and greatest creations. And if travel isn't in your upcoming plans, you can also catch the action live or on demand remotely from anywhere. The exhibition will explore a diverse array of topics, including artificial intelligence applications, high-performance computing, next-gen connectivity, hyper-reality, innovations in startups, and sustainability. This year, over 1,000 exhibitors from 20 countries will showcase new products, including Asus, Delta, Gigabyte, Inwin, Kioxia, MSI, Quanta Cloud Technology, Realtek, and more. And at the heart of Computex are its keynotes, featuring dynamic CEOs and top executives from some of the world's most influential tech companies, this year including NVIDIA, Qualcomm, NXP, Acer, and Supermicro. Computex invites you to join them in Taiwan or remotely, either via live streaming or on demand on the Computex YouTube channel. To register or for more information, visit computextaipei.com.tw slash analog now or find the link in the show notes. That's Computex with an X. Taipei is T-A-I-P-E-I. That is computextaipei.com.tw slash analog or you can find this link in the show notes. Our thanks to Computex for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Go team. You want to talk about some recommendations? I sure do. Shall I start or would you like to? Why don't you? Okay. Uh, on, on the list of dumb, really dumb, but fun movies is <laughs> Ghosted, uh, which is uh, Apple TV Plus. It's Chris, uh, shoot, which Evans. Chris is this? 
Thank you. I, I want to say Pratt. I knew that wasn't right. Uh, Chris Evans and Ana de Armas. Is that how you pronounce it? I think that's right. Yep. Something like that. Um, they are a, it's, oh, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to give it away, but it's like a superhero, but comedy superhero movie. It's dumb. It's a dumb movie. Okay. But it's fun. And have you seen this yet, Mike? No. I've okay. heard very mixed things about it, so I haven't watched it. I, it's it's worth an hour and a half, two hours of your life, or whatever. Okay. An hour, 56 minutes. Um, I personally believe this movie is worth the price of admission, figuratively speaking, for the cameos alone. I will say no more than that, but okay. the cameos alone are worth it. And you, of all people, will really appreciate these cameos. Right. So, um, uh, again, this is not high intelligence. It's not high brow. It's a dumb movie, but it's fun. Uh, similarly dumb but fun movies to get you in the spirit of the things. Free Guy. Uh, that wasn't quite as dumb, but it was dumb. Um, shoot, there was another one that came out I around like the same free time guy, as Free so. Guy. Oh, I loved Free Guy. Yeah. I loved Free Guy. Um, there was another one that came out around the same time as Free Guy. Oh, uh, with uh, Ryan Reynolds, and it was a time travel thing. Oh, the Adam oh, Project? The, yes, yes. Also, like Adam Project, kind of dumb, but fun. This is dumb, but fun. And so uh, I, I think it's worth trying if you... Uh, if you have an Apple TV Plus membership, um, I have only played with it for literally a couple minutes. But somebody, I think it might have been on Mastodon, somebody pointed out to me there's a thing called multi viewer for F1. Mm -hmm. I don't think you can use this, Mike, because no. it requires an F1 TV membership. But what this is, is a Mac or PC app that lets, I think it's basically like um, sort of kind of electron y in that it's running Chrome behind the scenes or something uh, like that. How could, uh, I know. I know. How, How could, could one... you? How I know, could you? I know. I know. It's so bad, right? Um, but one way or another, <laughs> maybe uh, you should get you... on Mastodon and tell them how you feel about their Electron app. I know you like to do that. Uh, that's because one password is a pile of garbage. And I hate it. Um, anyway, funny can we not get this started? I have no problem with it, but boy, I know you do. It's seriously, it's one password eight is such a festering pile of feces and it drives it's me bananas. Really not. You have a problem with it, but like I just I downgraded it to seven and it's been perfect. Everything is exactly the way it used to be, which is to say it actually friggin' works. You know what? We know started. it also works. One password mm. eight. Why do you do this? You know, it works, usually man. I'm, I don't know what do to this? tell you. Anyway, uh, the point I'm driving at is multi-viewer for F1. Um, what it is, is, I hate you so much right now. It's a, a Mac or PC app that lets you um, set up like multiple screens showing all at once. Now, it requires a paid membership to the F1 TV service. Mm -hmm. That's not through, that has nothing to do with the app. It's just the app relies on that thing to, to, to work. Um, but you can set it up so that you have like, the TV feed, telemetry, and like several different or maybe even every single one of the drivers all on screen all at the same time. And if you fast forward on one, if you happen to be watching a recap, like you can tell it to sync all the other screens so they're all in the same time code. It is pretty slick. I don't know if this is the sort of thing that I want to use instead of just watching it on TV like I normally do. But as a second screen, this is pretty, pretty, pretty cool. So I'm probably going to mess with this next time we have an F1 race. Mm. Um, and it, which speaking of this past week's race, what a snooze. I was not into it. The weekend had its moments. You see, I, I didn't have a chance. I was busy all weekend. So I only watched yeah. the race. I didn't watch the sprint or anything, which I usually and do. And the race had its moments. Like The race had some the moments. The Yuki but... wheel rolling down the hill was fantastic. And, you know... <laughs> 
Give me any race which puts Max Verstappen in his place, and I am, especially after this weekend, all That's over fair. it. That yep. man is a questionable individual. Like, oh, I think he's a world class jerk. But I, don't I don't even know what specifically you're talking about. Complete but. like judgments on his character, but the way he handled his frustration with George Russell is one of the least sporting things that I have encountered in F1. Oh, I don't think I've even been. Well, what's a short short on this? I don't. I didn't see any of this. Oh my god! Right, so him and George came together uh, during the sprint race. Um, they were racing hard against each other, and realistically, what it felt like was Max was just unhappy that anyone got in his way. And like, this is my read on it. And just like the yeah, yeah, pure yeah. idea that anybody could think they could race him is ridiculous, and like that they shouldn't. Uh, but George was racing hard against him and there was a racing incident between the two and they collided and Max got like a hole in his side pod. So like it, it steadily impacted his race. After the race was over, right, George walked past Max. He kind of walked up to him to kind of be like, you know, like, sorry about that or whatever. And Max just gets on him and starts like giving it to him. Like, and he's just kind of like, oh, mate, we all have like cold tires da, da, da. like George is kind of like you know all right all right and then as he's walking away Max is like effectively saying threatens him to be like oh the next time it could kind of I, I don't remember the words exactly right now uh but it's kind of just like watch what happens next time oh right get over yourself and then calls him a d-head this is oh, on cool. live TV. Like, you can go watch it. It'll be all over <laughs> F1 subreddits or whatever. And it's yeah, kind of yeah. just like, what's wrong with you, man? And like my read on it as a note of, like as a, you know, a well-noted opposite of fan of Max Verstappen. It's just kind mm -hmm. of like, and Adina put it perfectly too, of like, he just doesn't like the fact that anyone thinks they can race against him because he is oh, better yeah. than, than everyone else, right? Yep. Which is like, oh, he is exactly incredible, right. but he is just like upset at the thought that anyone wouldn't let him go through. Mm -hmm. Like that just annoys him. So like he was racing way too hard against George. There was absolutely zero need. He would have taken him. But like George, it said in the interviews after, he's like, I don't care who it is. I'm going to race against him. Like, I don't yeah. care. And like, why should he care? Right, it's like I don't care if it's Max Verstappen. Like I don't care, but for like for Max, it's kind of like well, he shouldn't put himself in those situations. Like he should have protected his car. It was a sprint race, and like just take George on the straight. Like you know you can do it. George knows he has to fight against you like this to get past you because he can't take you on the straight. So anyway, the whole thing was ridiculous. He just once again showed why he's just like doesn't seem to be a very cool dude. Yeah, well put, well put. But uh, I completely agree with you. I don't like to try and make like full assessments of somebody's character based on a moment. Like there are more than enough things which suggest Max Verstappen's character, which like I don't need to detail them all. Like I do not get the feeling that he's a good person, but like I'm not going to necessarily say he is a bad person because of this one thing. But that thing that he did is, I think, a, a, an indication of why you might sit to feel like he is maybe not a good dude. Yeah, no, that, that makes perfect sense to me. And I agree with you that he does, he does not strike me, his public persona anyway, does not strike me as a terribly good dude. Although in the defense of Max, I did just see, I'm not going to be able to put my hands on it for show notes, I'm sorry, but I saw, I don't know if it was on a subreddit or if it, I, I don't look at TikTok, but what I feel like I had seen was a TikTok or something of Max playing, um, 
uh, online racing, you know, on the computer or mm-hmm. on a console or whatever, like a lot of them do. Um, and, and so he was doing that and his girlfriend's daughter, um, I forget the girlfriend's name. I forget the daughter's name. Kelly but the girlfriend's Piquet, daughter, I think her name is. Yes, that's right. Uh, Kelly's daughter, um, was coming up to him and was like, Hey, can we, can we play tea or something like that? And he was like, all right, just hold on a few minutes. It's a very normal dad thing to do. You know, whether or not he's actually her dad is irrelevant. Um, you know, and so, um, so, uh, he had said, you know, hold on, hold on. And then she comes back and he's like pretty insistent about it. And then he, he looks at her and he says to the other people on the, on the race, like, look, I got to go. And then he just gets up and walks away, which mm-hmm. in that sense, respect. I, I dig that. But every other thing that guy has done makes me think he's a jerk. So. Fun thing. Oh, no. This has got nothing to do with anything, but it's just like a fun piece of trivia. Do you know the, who the father is of Kelly Piquet's yeah, it's, uh, Kvyat, Daniel Kvyat, Kvyat, is, right? Like yeah, previous yeah. F1 driver. It's just like, that's just like, like a funny thing to me. She's like, oh, still you go. Uh, anyway, my Yureki Dummy recommendations. Yeah, I have a couple others. We'll save them for next time. All right, I'm going to recommend John Wick. In general, or just the first one? And to In the be more last specific. few days, I've seen one, two, and three. Tonight, I'm seeing four. It's leaving cinemas this week. So, lucky okay. we just got in time. You know, you're talking about dumb fun. This is just yep. these movies the epitome of are dumb fun. incredible, just incredible action. They're like Keanu yep. Reeves. You remember all that stuff I was saying about Tom Cruise? Like Tom Cruise doing all his own stunts. Yep, yep, yep. This is that, but Keanu Reeves. Like, the work he puts in to be able to be John Wick is just intense, and the movies are so much fun, and they're so ridiculous. Have you seen? I'm gonna uh, this. I might be able to put my fingers on. In fact, I think I have it already. There's a video. I thought it was for John Wick one, but it looks like it was John Wick three. But there's a video of Keanu uh, in training for it, and he's with presumably I don't know. I don't understand guns, but I guess he's shooting with live rounds. I would yeah. guess and he's like walking through like this course, shooting at like figures that are supposed to represent people and whatnot, yeah. and is just. It's like he's actually John Wick. It, yeah. it, it's amazing. It's phenomenal. Well, this is like his thing. Like, you know, this is like, you know, him shooting, doing a shooting range. And like, there's all this, these videos, like on the extras of it for John Wick 3, which we watch of like showing him uh, learning all of the martial arts uh, that he would have needed. Like, the, the effort that he has gone to with these is just like next level. I, I genuinely think that like, this is going to be his thing, like the thing people remember him for. Um, it like, might be. I know he was Neo, right? Like, I understand yeah, yeah, yeah. that, but like the overall lexicon of Matrix movies is questionable, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What the, the first one's really good. The second and third one are not so good. I haven't seen the fourth one. Neither I think people I. liked Neither it, but, but you know what I mean? It's like if yep, you yep, just yep. think of The Matrix, fine, but like it's not as simple as that. Um, and the overall like the overall thing of him uh as john wick i think is going to be remembered way more because i mean everyone i know that's seen four is like it just blows the others out of the water and i have had a blast with one two and three they are incredibly gory there's tons of guns right like if that's not your thing right you're not gonna like these movies but if you like action movies like you will like this movie it it kind of feels as simple as that they're all a little thin on the plot like there there's a plot oh there's a a good one have you seen these movies 
Yes, although oh, I haven't I in a while. Know. The world building is awesome. Like the, that, the okay, world no, is fantastic. Thousand percent agree with you there. The world, the world building is amazing. The actual plot, I always felt like was kind of whatever. Uh, but you're right, though. I'm glad you corrected me because the world building is phenomenal. Um, but no, the plots were all right. But but in, if basically it's two hours of just people getting in fights, which isn't a very good way to sell a movie. But if you see this, you can tell that everyone that was involved with this movie put in an immense amount of work, particularly Keanu Reeves, an immense amount of work making these movies be as good as they could be for what they are. And yeah, I think you had said it a minute ago, like dumb, but fun. It, it, it is gory, but they are dumb, but fun. And I absolutely loved all, all three of them. I didn't expect to like any of them and I loved all three of them. And I will eventually see the fourth one at some point. Uh, last two for me. I know I've recommended succession in the past. Succession season four has exceeded my already incredibly high expectations so far. We're like two thirds of the way through it. One of the episodes in this season is one of the best episodes of television I've seen. Like, it's just it's just superb. No, no, I'll say nothing more than that. Uh, more than Bill and Frank. Very different, but like <laughs> they both achieve a thing, right? It's, yeah, that's right. You watched any of Succession? No, not a single frame. I recommend it, man. I think you'd dig it. I, no, I don't. I don't doubt it's good. I, I'm not trying to say that it's not good or it's not. It's not about for me. the good or bad. I, I don't think it's for everyone, like in general. Um, mm -hmm. But I think you'd enjoy Succession. I don't know. I have some real. Well, I was going to say complicated thoughts, but they're not very complicated. Some real aversion to Fox News, which my limited understanding of Succession is that it's sort of kind of the Murdoch family. Yeah. And so I don't know how well I would do with it. I'm willing to give it a shot at some point. Well, like, well, I mean, I'll tell you. I mean, it's not like they're not like, oh, this is so good. They're fair. Right? They're not like, oh. Right. Like, really, it's like, oh, how bad do you imagine the people at the top of that company are? Oh, yeah, they show it. They are that bad. And they are non-redeemable characters. So, like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if that's your reason, I'd, I would just say, too, like, I'd, I'd, I feel like if you watched it, you wouldn't be like, yeah. Anyway. Uh, that's fair. Last is a podcast called The Town. Why do I feel like I've heard of this before? It's hosted by Matt Bellany of Puck, the Puck like media newsletter. Uh, mm. Julia Alexander is a host of Downstream. Uh, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Is a contributing writer to Puck. Uh, Bellany kind of owns and runs Puck. Um, if you listen to Downstream, this should be a must listen. Um, if you are interested in just the goings on in Hollywood, like it's like a three time a week podcast. It's a Ringer and Spotify show, but it's available everywhere. Um, and it's just super. Bellany is so smart. He has great guests on. They've done some just super good episodes. Like they, If you're wondering about the writer's strike, they just did an episode about the writer's strike. They're really good at explaining things that are going on in the world of entertainment. He brings some really great guests. You know, he's, he's well connected, so we can kind of get on like real good experts. Yeah, super good. I recommend it wholeheartedly. That's interesting. About how long are the episodes generally? Uh, half an hour, three times a week. Okay, that's not terrible. So it's like a great little podcast like that too. You get it three times a week. It's about a very clear topic, so you can choose if you want to listen to. But I recommend listening to all of them. They're good, uh, and uh, they do. Uh, they have like a they. It's like hot, never really much longer than half an hour. Hmm, that's cool. I have to check it out. 